Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, the most hated Chuck Charles Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And today, folks, we have a sombering, sober podcast. Very, you, very serious. For you today. We've been talking Listen, about very serious things in the in the pre-show. Almost said pre-market, but it was the pre-show. Everyone you love is going to die. <laughs> and then you're going to die, too, one day. So That's true. Yeah. It is. Just wanted to start it off right there. I hope everyone feels better now. With with a bang. (laughs) Well, there you go. Go subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Today we are talking a little bit about the... um, By the way, Charlie's making a reference to the reason that I missed the last couple days of the week and we'll, we'll be missing tomorrow as well. And we feel that even though situations are very terrible and very upsetting, that you've got to be able to make jokes and sometimes at the... Uh, at the worst times in your life, you need to be able to make jokes. All right. That's what a joke is. It's okay. It is okay. We're going to be talking about the climate change that ripped through several states over the weekend. My backyard fell victim. Actually, my neighbor's deck and decorations fell victim too to my trees falling over onto their property. We fell victim. You fell victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also? At, well, in the, my backyard, there was a folding chair that blew over that's bad i saw that picture actually online (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and then on the front porch stephanie had bought this uh black christmas tree that matches her soul and uh (laughs) and that blew over okay and was like it hadn't made it down the steps it just blew over on that's right did you fill out anything for fema after that uh yes okay good and i asked my brother asked how things were at our house and um, asked what we needed after that. And I said, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And taxes. And I said, we will rebuild. You will. Yes. Charlie Strong. It's <laughs> what we're going to do. Man, I feel like this episode is just going to be way off the rails. So we're going to talk about... Are you rebuilding at your house? Yeah, That's, we're rebuilding. We actually good. just tore down some more. We had a couple trees go down and they just got all cut up in the little pieces and I will be burning them next season sometime mm-hmm. in the fireplace. Look, there are a lot of people who did go through some terrible things yeah. over the weekend. Um, that is true. Um, including some of my family who lives in Mayfield, Kentucky, which was completely destroyed by, uh, I didn't realize you still had family in Mayfield. Yeah, I'm just now finding that out. Destroyed by a twister. Mm. Uh, the one, the one like on the movie, The Twister. This, although it was only like an the worst, like the worst one. It was an EF three, but they. I hear they're talking four or five still. Did they oh, say really? three? Yeah, yeah. I heard initially an EF three. I, I could be wrong. It could, it could go up from there. Um, but it was one of those. Um, it's one of them dark naders. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened at night. Dark NATO on this giant wall cloud, cloud of walls, the wall of clouds, Nate's clouds probably. Mm-hmm. Because you like walls so much. Yes. And, you know, people lost their lives and it was a terrible uh, event, but I still like to joke about my own house. So that's I'm allowed okay. to do that. So we'll obviously be talking about this tornado and, of course, the fact that everyone is blaming climate change now for tornadoes. Uh, we got some news about Rand Paul in here because people are giving him crap and we'll talk about that just a little bit and some science on whether or not this was, in fact, a climate change caused a disaster. 
that occurred over the weekend because, uh, as we've said previously, we're going to be talking a lot about climate change because once we once the COVID runs dry and they can't pump that anymore, climate change is the biggest thing. It's going to be the biggest financial boondoggle of uh, of our lives, potentially the rest of our lives, depending uh, on how long Charlie and I are going to live. There's uh, there's really no way of ever knowing. So the whole climate change thing is going to be a lot, a lot of taxes and a lot of uh, misappropriation of resources is what's going to happen. And it's mismanagement, mismanagementism. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. So, but first we have to tell you, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. If you want to chat in the live group, find out why I was gone on Thursday and Friday and will also be gone tomorrow. And laugh along with us in whatever terrible jokes and things that we were saying in the in the pre-market mm. pre-show i keep saying pre-market yeah mastermytrades.com the pre-market of the pre-show yeah mm. anyway okay so we're gonna show a couple photos of this some stuff that's going on because uh, some pretty crazy things happened and we'll be following along in a washington post article right here talking about this tornado that ripped through several states uh, I think this one was on the ground. To, they're thinking for four states, and the whole thing went through like six states. It was bad. Okay, a lot of a lot of people died in this storm and uh, in these storms over the weekend. It was it was pretty bad. And of course, as we'll see here pretty soon, when bad things happen, people want to find a way to stop this from ever happening again. Some people want to do that, and some people want to take advantage of the situation. So we'll decide which one of those is going on. But as we're looking through a few of these photos, and let's see, I'll just put something up here on the screen. Uh, we'll talk about this. What may have been the country's deadliest ever outbreak of December tornadoes tore through parts of the Midwest and Tennessee Valley on Friday and Saturday, devastating areas in six states. The vicious centerpiece was a monster supercell that carved an hours-long 250-mile path from eastern Arkansas to western Kentucky. At least 70 people were killed in Kentucky alone. One of them caved in the roof of an Amazon distribution warehouse near Edwardsville, Illinois, less than 20 miles northeast of St. Louis, killing at least six people inside. Of course, a lot of people had things to say about that. Of why were they Why were they working? Capitalism is why these people died, actually. Uh, same thing going on in Kentucky with a lot of the people there. It's all capitalism's fault. Don't worry. We've seen plenty of that stuff. Jeff Bezos then went on to launch a rocket in the space the next morning like he just didn't care about those people dying at all when he should have been flying directly over to Edwardsville, Illinois and taking up all of their time and resources for people to carry him around on their backs while that was going on instead of actually doing what they need to be doing. Now, that's one of those things that people do. Like you, if you show up to the place, they'll give you crap about it. And if you don't show up to the place, they'll give you crap about it. So, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really think he did the wrong thing by going ahead with his rocket launch or anything. Send the Michael Strahan, big old Michael Strahan up in the space over the weekend, kind of. Mm -hmm. One of them caved in the roof of the Amazon distribution warehouse. Among the first places hit was Truman. Arkansas, 7.24 p.m., tornado touchdown in Monette, Arkansas, ripped apart in nursing homes, what we're showing right here. That's not good. We especially don't like our tornadoes to hit nursing homes. That's mean and, uh, and cruel. Killing one person and injuring five, which I think is a miracle. 
Better than COVID. Yeah, about nine thirty. <laughs> if you ask the nursing home, hey, do you want to get hit by a tornado or COVID? We do need to flatten the tornado curve. Thank you, Nicole, yes. for that. Yeah. About nine thirty p.m., the town of Mayfield, Kentucky, took a direct hit. Many of the buildings were leveled. Homes were sheared from their foundations, and commercial buildings were flattened, including the candle factory where scores of workers were trapped inside when the walls and roof caved in. Uh, I think this is, let's see, that's the nursing home. This is the candle factory right here Oof. on the photo. Aerial photo right there. In the top one, there is a building. And in the bottom one, there's also a building. It's just in um, in really, really bad condition after that. That is crazy, and it's honestly... Both of those buildings. It is crazy that anyone even made it through that. Yeah, I don't know what that is over there. It's another building. That's another, I think, I think you're right. That is another building. Or what was. It used to be one. Okay, so it was bad. We're trying to get across the idea that it was bad. Okay, and we don't like it. Are you against death? Yeah, I'm against death. Okay, all right. Well, so when bad things happen like this, there's a couple ways you can respond to it. And if you're just like a normal human being, you can say, that's sad. I really wish that wouldn't have happened to those people. You know, I don't like the fact that they just died in a tornado. They're super scary, by the way. That's one of the things I've always thought about. If I were going to move somewhere, I might want to move somewhere where uh, I didn't have to worry about the weather killing me suddenly in the night, you know, just go to like Arizona or something. But uh, on Friday or Saturday morning, my wife and I were hiding in the bathroom Luckily, the tornado didn't see us. We were hiding in the bathroom <laughs> at 3 a.m. And a couple trees got blown down, but everything else was okay after that. And that's kind of stressful to have to deal with that every once in a while. You could just sleep right through it. Yeah. That's what I did. I could have slept right through it. And I was full Ambien at the time. I didn't I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> well. I didn't hear anything. And my brother called me like three times at 3.30 in the morning, heard nothing. You should have just never responded. I, sh- I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just... <laughs> Should have just never said anything. All right. So let's start pouring on some of the political responses to this, though, because that's going to be the important when 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 there's a crisis, the only thing the government doesn't waste is a crisis. Yes, that's it. All right. So they don't want to let a crisis go to waste. Now, I think they're good at capitalizing on money, food, any kind of other resources. Screw it. Who cares about the waste crises? They are one of the most efficient uses of crises that there are out there. Mm -hmm. All right, so tell me about what FEMA said. All right, from CNN, FEMA chief says powerful storms are the new normal in era of climate change. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, well, let's get into it, then I'll tell you. Powerful storms like the ones that tore through parts of the central United States this weekend are the new normal in an era of climate change, the top federal emergency management official said on Sunday. Deanne Criswell, the FEMA administrator, who probably has no FEMA experience, (laughs) said her agency was prepared to bolster resilience in the face of more severe weather. Quote, the effects we are seeing of climate change are the crisis of our generation, Criswell said. We're taking a lot of efforts at FEMA to work with communities to help reduce the impacts that we're seeing from these severe weather events and help to develop system-wide projects that can uh, protect communities. She said of the she said the severity, duration, and magnitude of the storms this late in the year were unprecedented. Hasn't happened. Now this one unprecedented, was unprecedented. This by one the was way. big. 
It, it was, was on the ground for a long time. It was a big tornado, and it is late in the year. So when they throw in the December caveat on the discussion, then they start to be a little bit right about this is abnormal for this time of year. Now, there are a lot of tornadoes still in December that occur. That's that's not something that, that never happens. It definitely happens. Mm. Uh, but when we get one that I think is going to end up being bigger than the tri-state tornado, it normally doesn't happen in December. Actually, that normally doesn't happen. It also doesn't happen in December. So that's a little weird. And also okay. that record's from 1925. Yeah. That's what yeah. I wanted to get across, <laughs> yeah. by the way. The record is from 1925, folks. So almost 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Almost 100 years. Well, you know, that's right when we started polluting. So it was a shock to the environment when yeah, that happened. Probably. Yeah. A uh, day earlier, President Joe Biden said it was too early to know the specific effect climate change had on this week's storms. He said he would ask his environmental protection agency to assess. Yep. So, so of course, this is the new normal. FEMA out there telling people that this is the new normal. They probably need a bigger budget, more than likely. Need a bigger budget. So they can do things like what Rand Paul is asking, and he's getting a lot of crap for it. So from Newsweek... Rand Paul opposition to previous disaster relief resurfaces as he seeks aid for Kentucky. Now, when I first read this, I was like, huh, okay. Well, you know, it's a little weird. He didn't want disaster relief for all this stuff, uh, but he does uh, clearly want it right now. But let's read into it a little bit. Critics slammed Kentucky. That wasn't as loud as I thought it would be. It actually just hurt more than anything because, yeah. I hit right here where the leg is, and yes. so there's a lot of a lot of support. Critics slammed. That still wasn't as big as I wanted it to be. Anyway, they slammed Kentucky GOP Senator Rand Paul for requesting federal aid. A lot harder than Nate did. Yeah, to <laughs> the federal aid to help his state recover from devastating tornadoes after he previously voted against relief when other states were struck by natural disasters. In the aftermath of the storm, Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear requested federal assistance to help the state recover from the tornadoes. Paul wrote a letter to President Joe Biden echoing the need for federal relief. He said, quote, The governor of the Commonwealth has requested federal assistance this morning, and certainly further requests will be coming as the situation is assessed. I fully support those requests and ask that you move expeditiously to approve the appropriate resources for our state. Many were quick to draw comparisons to his previous votes, votes against relief bills. In 2013, after Hurricane Sandy devastated parts of the Northeast, including New York, he voted against a bill that provided recovery funds to the state. He said he would have supported the bill if it reappropriated funds from other, from other areas rather than add on additional spending. He said, I would have given them $9 billion and I would have taken the $9 billion from somewhere else. I would have taken it from foreign aid and said, you know what, we don't have money for Egypt or Pakistan this year because we have to help the Northeast. Paul also voted against relief for Puerto Rico after it was hit by Hurricane Maria in 2017, as well as a bill that provided assistance for Texas after it was struck by Hurricane Harvey. He explained the vote in an opinion piece for The Hill, pointing to his opposition raising the national debt and again arguing for making cuts elsewhere to support relief funding. Quote, they say we are out of money to pay for hurricane relief, so instead of finding that money somewhere else in the budget, they simply want to raise the limit on our credit card. This has to stop. We spend too much. We owe too much. We cannot keep spending money we do not have. In 2019, he also voted against a bill that appropriated $17.2 billion in disaster relief funding to several federal agencies. The bill ultimately passed with 85 senators voting in its support, while former President Donald Trump signed it into law. And he also voted against, by the way, the original $8 billion 
and coronavirus relief funding. Can you believe they passed an $8 billion bill for coronavirus relief funding? Jeez. That's how much has gone in someone's trunk and, and been taken to God knows where uh, in the span of a week of the, the coronavirus funding that happened after mm-hmm. that. Okay, so here's the important part from this. I put in here, they got them. Let's go through some of these, uh, what other people have said about this, and then we'll, we'll cover some of that. Jamel Hill said, we know Rand Paul is a heartless hypocrite. The people in Kentucky deserve the release regardless of their buffoonish leadership. But if the Dems don't use this against him and his party in the future, it is a missed opportunity. <laughs> so just getting that right on out there. Eric Swalwell said, we should do all we can to help our Kentucky neighbors. God be with them. The vaccinated ones, they are hurting. Kidding, he didn't say that. (laughs) But do not for one second forget that at Rand Paul has voted against helping most Americans most times they're in need. So people uh, not, not happy about this so far. We'll get to Mark Ruffalo here in a second. Here's the thing. He voted against bills that they were using new funds for, okay? Now, until they make this into a bill that he has to go vote on, then they haven't gotten them yet. What he is asking for, I believe, right now, is to make sure that the president directs FEMA to use an appropriate part of their budget to do what their job is right now. And so asking FEMA, who already has a budget of $20 billion this year, to use some of that money on Kentucky is not the same thing as saying that we need to pass a bill through Congress appropriating a new billion dollars towards helping Kentucky. Those are two different things. And that is not what those previous bills were doing. Those are appropriating new funds that we did not have towards those things. Right now, from what I can tell, he is asking for FEMA to use some of their budget that they're supposed to use for this in Kentucky. Not like they weren't going to anyway. And it looks like, by the way, so imagine you sit down with your family and you make a budget for the year. And you're like, you know, hey, in uh, July, we're going to take a nice trip to Disney World. And we've set aside, we're going to set aside this much money to go to Disney World because it seems like fun. Or or better, here's a better analogy, actually. We're going to set aside this much money to help our neighbors uh, with things that they need. Okay? And then a tornado hits your house in May. And uh, so, in, so then you decide, oh, okay, instead of helping our neighbors, we probably need to fix our house first so that we can help our neighbors later on. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Rand Paul was arguing is that, okay, before we send money to Pakistan or other foreign aid, how about we just not send that money and use it on our own folks instead of opening up a credit card? to fix your house and then still give the money to your neighbors. Yeah. And so they're obviously not going to include what he's actually asking for in this. I did put in here as a note though, if they want to get him, if they want to hurt him, here's what I would do if I were them and just put on my democratic strategery hat real quick. They need to start up a bill in Congress to help Kentucky. Because if Paul sticks to his principles and his guns on this, he will be the only senator to vote against the bill to help the people in his own district. Mm -hmm. And everyone else will vote for it. And that would be a really, really perfect election piece. Just saying, I'm sure the Democrats are already doing that. I know they got teams of people 
in rooms just just thinking stuff up all the time and people backing them up. I'll tell you, I'll be pissed at him if he votes for it. <clears throat> yeah. And so that we could talk about that later on. That would be hypocritical if they do a new bill here and they try to pass that through and he votes for it when he voted against all of these other ones. But that's not what happened. What's happening right now. They already have a budget set out for this. And so that is what he is, from what I can tell, what he is talking about using at the moment. Uh, there's a couple other tweets in here. Charlie, you want to tell everyone about this? Well, first, uh, I just wanted to tell the live group, um, you know, if you're ever late to the show, Magoo, Magoo has your back. Okay. And so I just wanted you to check out Magoo. He caught Joe up. Oh, yeah, I see that. In the live group. And I thought it was a really good rendition <laughs> of what's taken place. That is good. And so thanks, Magoo. <clears throat> for your ketchup, so we didn't have to start the show over. He used just, ancient uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics to emojiglyphics. Yes, emojiglyphics. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, really appreciate that. Yeah. All right, from Mark Ruffalo, of course, because folks, we can never let anytime anything happens a a, a mass shooting, uh, tornadoes, and somehow we're in control of it all, and, and he, we the are. There are some simple things we could do to curb all of this death. You know what I? Th you know what I think? First off, one: what does Mark Ruffalo think about this? That's what yeah, I first go to. Yeah, you know. As soon as it happened, my brother called me at three thirty in the morning. If I if I would have woken up, yeah, to answer that phone call, probably would have been the first words out of my mouth. What did Mark Ruffalo say when he yeah. was like, "Hey, man, are you safe?" I'd be like, "I don't know." And, what does Mark Ruffalo think about it? And then second, when you saw how terrible this was, you would say. This is a really crazy problem. You know, the climate of the entire planet Earth. You know who should solve this? It would be the, the U.S. government. Yeah, of That's course. That's who should solve, solve this thing. Yeah. So Mark Ruffalo tweets out, this is what climate, uh, climate catastrophe looks like. It's only going to get worse from here. Now is time to fight for our suffering and despairing youth. So that's the tornadoes caused, obviously, by climate change. Never mind the previous record was set in 1925. It's always an inconvenient truth there, isn't it? It's, it's so ridiculous. Now, obviously, the climate is changing, folks. Um, about 10% of the Sahara Desert has retreated. Um, what that means is that there's pansies. More, there's more <laughs> greenery growing up. So yeah. It's lessening the desert in the Sahara. In fact, I want to say... In the 19, I think in the 70s or 80s, they were talking about how the whole world was just going to become the Sahara <clears throat> Desert because it was expanding. Well, and they were worried and, and about us freezing over at that now time. Now it's shrinking. Um, and so it's just, it just blows my mind how they can continue on this narrative. There's obviously, uh, the climate is changing. And I think that's been true as far as we've been keeping track of it. It doesn't stay uh, the same. Uh, but at the same time, to think that humans have such a massive impact that it's causing all this death and the fact that we won't spend $100 trillion to fix it is just nonsense. Yeah, and you know, um, I will say a much more effective way of having this argument, um, I've been listening to this book called False Alarm, and uh, it's a really good book, and he says in the book that climate change is real, it is something that's happening, and it is likely that humans have some effect on it, okay? And, you know, I don't, I don't know 100% that that is the case, but 
I think that that is a possibility. I haven't seen the, the clear evidence on it. But then he goes on to talk about how all of our climate change policies are terrible. There's mass hysteria when there shouldn't be mass hysteria. Uh, you know, just totally destroys the whole climate change agenda in the book in a really great way. I'm on my second time through it now. And it's a really good way to get that argument across to people because he doesn't come out as a climate change denier. You know, he's not an anti-climate changer or anything like that. He's someone who believes it's real and believes that humans have an effect on it. And then he says, oh, by the way, and everything that we want to do about it is terrible and it's not going to work. And we're actually just going to decrease the GDP of everyone. We're not going to be as uh, prosperous as we possibly could be. In fact, more people could potentially die from the things that we're going to do to try and fight climate change than who are actually uh, going to die from climate change. Um, yeah, Michael Schellenberger. Really good book. I would highly recommend everyone read that. And then while I'm getting this video going, I want you to do the read the next tweet here, Charles. So from Rachel Vindman, um, it's climate change. What does it look like? Question mark. It's a picture of Mayfield, Kentucky. Um, this is absolutely heartbreaking and it's a direct result of climate change. Look at this. Believe me. I know it's tempting to scream, yell and question why people are so slow to accept reality, but we must have conversations with skeptics. Now that is so what you're seeing before your eyes, folks, climate change. Playing the video right there for people that are watching live. And it's a very effective video. Starts out on this nice little scene of Mayfield and then shows what Mayfield looks like now. That's terrible. That's, uh, that's, it's really awful. And I think it's China's fault. When you're, <laughs> That's what we were leading to. That's the next article yeah. about how mm -hmm. this is actually China's fault. And and so when you're when you're watching a video like this and you're reading about how climate change has caused this and you know what is what is she saying in there? Basically, this is what it looks like. It's a direct result of climate change. And this was like one of the biggest tweets out there about this whole thing. She's got a large following. She's on a podcast. I can't remember the name of it anymore. They're talking about suburban women not being in the GOP anymore. So mm. whatever, take, take that for, for what you will. She's got a large following, uh, tweet did really well. That video right there is 5 million views and saying that this is a direct result of climate change, of course. So Charlie, if you want to read a little bit of the CNN article and we have a Washington post thing, the biggest thing is the, how the headline of the article sounds and then what the article actually talks about. And then we're going to talk about the science behind, mm -hmm. behind this. You're not going to question it though, right? You're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the science. I'll let the science question things. Okay. And I'll talk about what Good. the science says. And this is just more, whatever you want to manipulation by uh, the media and how they write their headlines for clicks versus what's actually the meat of the, article so how the climate crisis is affecting tornadoes or naders as i like to call them okay from cnn the series of naders that rip through the midwest and southeast united states this weekend adds to another stretch of deadly and potentially unprecedented weather disasters this year exacerbating the already growing economic toll brought by the climate disasters across the country and in the wake of this deadly night pause pause now they already said they had to use the term economic toll, the growing economic toll brought by climate disasters across mm. the country. 
that could, and it is, one, the number one thing that that is a result of is more people living in more places and also the value of property going up a lot and uh, just general monetary inflation over time because the same tornado that went through the tri-state tornado that went through three states back in 1925, uh, it killed almost 700 people and tore up a lot of places, but it was not as much of an economic disaster as, say, what this tornado was because the monetary values are very different. They did this with, um, like, when- Hurricane, Hurricane Sandy was the, most, mm-hmm. the worst hurricane in history as far as the economic toll was. Yes. Worst hurricane. And it's and because about, it hit a very, very expensive piece of land. And there was a 90% reduction in death. Mm-hmm. But that's, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, no. In the wake of this deadly night of extreme weather, which meteorologists and climate scientists say is historic, questions of whether climate change is intensifying tornadoes are beginning to emerge. By the way, it was pretty crazy. It broke the record of uh, the debris in the air. 30,000 feet. 37,000 feet. It's a lot. The airplane could have ran into that thing. That would be. Uh, that would be. That would be something right there. That would be something. The tornado took down a plane. Mm-hmm. Unlike other extreme weather events such as drought, floods, and hurricanes, scientific research about the connection between the climate crisis and tornadoes has not been as robust, making the link especially especially challenging. Now, folks, if you want to make some money, you could go to the government and say, "Hey, I would love to get a grant to study." The effect that I specifically wanted to make that point today on tornadoes. Yeah, hey, good. Scientists say the short-lived scale of tornadoes, coupled with an extremely inconsistent and unreliable historical record, makes connecting outbreaks to long-term human-caused climate change extremely challenging. But they are trying. But they're trying. <laughs> they're trying to connect it. Victor uh, Gensini, a professor at Northern Illinois University and one of the top tornado experts, said last night's he was probably. The man behind the movie Twister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I got it. Very all. scientifically accurate yes. movie. You probably uh, helped create Dorothy. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, anyway, this guy said, last night's outbreak is one of the most remarkable tornado events in U.S. history. And while climate change may have played a part in its violent behavior, it's not yet clear what that role was. But what was the, hard, what was the article title again? How the Climate Crisis is Affecting Tornadoes. The answer is, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they said throughout all of this. We mm-hmm. don't know. We don't know. We think that it might. Mm-hmm. That's We think, some scientists think that it might. Some more from the Washington Post here. Warming world could add more fuel to, to, uh, to tornadoes, scientists say. So that's the headline. Okay. In the wake of the deadly storms that ravaged parts of the South and Midwest this weekend, scientists had a warning. While the exact link between climate change and tornadoes remains uncertain, higher temperatures could add fuel to these violent disasters. Whether or not scientists can pin down a link between this week's horrific storms and of climate change, uh, just so you know, though, we saw all over the interwebs. I saw it was everything. climate change. But it was climate change. It definitely. We it was looking it, at climate change. It was change. a direct result. It was the physical representation of climate change in the physical sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so scientists can't really pin it down, but whether or not they can, it doesn't matter because uh, this guy said that there's no doubt that the tornadoes will go down as one of the most devastating long track tornadoes in U.S. history uh, that we have recorded, by the way, Mm -hmm. probably the worst since the tri-state tornado of 1925. 
which tore across three states after several hours and killed hundreds of people. Temperatures in the zone ravaged by the tornadoes rose into the 70s to near 80 degrees Friday afternoon, providing the conditions for severe thunderstorms to develop that night. Dozens of record highs were set that day in the state's hardest hit by the storms in Memphis. Temperatures soared to 79 degrees, breaking a 103-year-old record. Back when climate change was also at its peak. Mm -hmm. Very big big problems with climate change Mm -hmm. back in uh, 1918. Yes. But uh, Ganesi and other climate and weather experts noted that tornadoes are among the most difficult events to link to definitively to global warming, partly because they are relatively small and short-lived events compared with the wildfires, heat waves, and other climate disasters. Tornadoes are, unfortunately, one of the extreme events where we have the least confidence in our ability to attribute or understand the impact of climate change on specific events. I want to say one more time, this article is called A Warming World Could Add More Fuel to Tornadoes, Scientists Say. And here's the what they actually say. <laughs> here's what the scientists yeah. say. Uh, we have no idea. Yeah. They're saying they have no idea? How we about that? We have the least confidence in our ability to attribute or understand the impact of climate change on specific events. There is not much evidence to date that the number of strong tornadoes is different today than it was over much of the past century. But this is obviously There's not much evidence to date that the number of strong tornadoes is different today than it was over much of the past century. This is an article in the Washington Post about how climate change is causing more tornadoes. <sighs> The National Climate Assessment. Other types of extreme weather, such as tornadoes, hail, and thunderstorms, are also exhibiting changes that may be related to climate change. But scientific understanding is not yet detailed enough to confidently project the direction and magnitude of future change. The report went on to say tornado activity in the United States has become more variable in recent decades, with a decrease in the number of days per year that saw tornadoes, but an increase in the number of tornadoes on those days. Decrease in the number of days per year that saw them. That is in line with the findings of a major report. The UN intro, uh, I'm sorry, intergovernmental panel on climate change released this summer, which found that as humans have continued to pump planet warming gases into the atmosphere with their galdorn breaths and wide noses, their cars, mm-hmm. this is probably Elon Musk's fault, their cars and rocket ships and Aeroplanes. Saw, by the way, so Elon Musk got Times Person of the Year, and so people were arguing about him uh, today quite a bit. And they were, what's Elon Musk done for all the terrible things that we have going on, like climate change? And someone's like, seriously? What's Elon Musk done for climate change? Like, he's got the most valuable car company in the world and uh, totally electric vehicles, you know? Now, you got to produce electricity for those cars, so... You know, got to look at all the numbers on that. And the person, the person's response was, yeah, but how much CO2 do those rockets put out? (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you're wondering who we're dealing with here. All right. Yeah. Well, that's why he produces all the electric cars so that it's an offset for his rockets. Okay. So let me read this again. Um, So the findings of the major report from the UN released this summer, which found that as humans have continued to pump planet warming gases into the atmosphere, weather related disasters are growing more extreme and affecting every region of the world. Also, our technological advances allow us to track these things, by the way, because who knows what the tornadoes were like when the dinosaurs were here. Next story. (laughs) While the report didn't draw a conclusion about the relationship between tornadoes and climate change, 
<laughs> Hang on, let me read the headline again. Yeah. A warming world could add more fuel. At least they say could. Could. A warming world could add more fuel toward uh, two tornadoes, scientists say. While the report didn't draw a conclusion about the relationship between tornadoes and climate change, it noted that the frequency and intensity of extreme precipitation in the United States was increasing. <laughs> the precipitation. Extreme participation. Precipitation is increasing. Okay. So want to make sure you guys are tracking this. It's a are you, lot. Are you following along? I hope they are. Yeah. I really hope they are. Okay. Tornadoes and climate change. What does the science say? When I say that, I just hear in my head, what does the science say? <laughs> anyway, some of you got that. Some of you did not. So they were talking about how tornadoes, uh, there was a really big uh, little spurt of tornadoes there. This was written last year, but I don't think the science has really changed yet. This has raised the question, raised the question of what role, if any, climate change may have played in this unusually intensive period of tornadoes. By the way, this comes from carbonbrief.org which is from the UK and they are very much in favor of uh, pushing the climate change agenda. We'll just call it that. Okay. So this is not an anti science site or anything They're, They are, they are fully in favor of the idea that we have man-made climate change and that we must do something to stop it. All right. So this is coming from their website. It's a good website I actually signed up. To, to get their weekly newsletters and stuff. While some have suggested that climate change is driving the above average numbers, the scientific community has pushed back on these claims. Scientists have relatively low confidence in detecting a link between tornado activity and climate change. They cannot exclude the possibility of a link. Rather, the science is so uncertain that they simply do not know at this point. Okay, but we need to lean towards the idea that there's a link. And there very well could be. What I do want everyone to know is uh, there could be. If, in fact, the, uh, the climate, the temperature is rising, then that would cause some more weather events to happen. Because one thing that happens with a tornado, we're all tornado experts now, by the way, over the last weekend, everyone in the United States became uh, tornado experts. And so what it, when you get this warm air and then followed by a, cor a cold front, then that's going to create a lot, of, uh, a lot of bad things. All right. The wind starts a whirling it's, when that yeah. happens. When the two opposites meet, you got a high pressure, low pressures, and they just can't meld together. So they do this little dance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that dance turns into what we see as a twister. But it's just the it's just the pressure dancing. It's just the winds. It's a pressure dance whirling around. You know, the twister itself doesn't actually have. Uh, it's not actually this nice, beautiful, colorful twister. That's just all the junk that's whirling around inside mm -hmm. of it. You know, mm -hmm. that's or, also or clouds. That's also cool. It could be some clouds. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You ever had? You ever see those little whirlwinds that come across the field sometimes? Mm -hmm. It's just a little baby tornado. It is. That's, that's all, all the thing is. That's all it is. I've actually driven through them before, and they can actually move your car. They can. By the way, or four-wheeler, whatever you're on. Okay, going on with the science. What is clear is that there is no observable increase in the number of strong tornadoes in the U.S. over the past few decades. At the same time, tornadoes have become more clustered, with outbreaks of multiple tornadoes becoming more common, even as the overall number has remained unchanged. There is also evidence that tornado power has been increasing in recent years. But they're going to talk about why some of this is an issue. 
Some research has suggested that climate change will create conditions more favorable to the formation of several thunderstorms and tornadoes, severe thunderstorms and tornadoes, but such effects are not detectable in observations today. Any role for climate change in affecting the conditions for tornado formation is still very much an open question and the subject of ongoing research by the scientific community. Dr. Marshall Shepard, a professor at the University of Georgia and an author of NAS Report, explains it is important to point out that just because an event is low on the scale, that doesn't mean there is no climate change influence. It simply means scientific evidence is not strong enough at this time to draw stronger conclusions. Now, here's the issue with the data. Let me show you this chart real quick. This is actually a little bit easier, a little bit easier chart. There's a really cool website, by the way. Um, I'll put a link to it in the um, in the show notes so everyone can see. Oh, gosh, dang it. Did I go around that? No, here it is. So I'm going to put this graph on the screen real quick for everyone so y'all can see it. So starting right back here, we have 1950, and then we get up to 2020 right here. Now, 2020 is still in red because they don't know the for sure number. It varies anywhere from 700 to 1,075, they think the number is, but it takes them some time to figure out whether or not this was an actual confirmed tornado. And what you would see from looking at this graph right here, it certainly does look like it's heading up right now. The This up here, it seems to be a bit of an uptrend since 1950. Now, there's various problems like 50 or 70 years is not a very good statistical representation when you're looking at trends of something that's, you know, been here for... <laughs> however many million years the earth has been here. It's not really good representation. But then there's other problems as well. I think it's 3,400 million years. 3,400 million. Somewhere around there. Right around there. I think that is, I think you're right about that. Mm. While the overall number of reported tornadoes in the U.S. has doubled since the 1950s, this statistic is highly misleading. Until the 1990s, tornado records were mostly based on someone spotting a tornado and reporting it to the National Weather Service. As most tornadoes are small and last only a few minutes, the number observed and reported will be considerably smaller than the true number that occurred. The increase in tornadoes over time is largely due to the advent of modern Doppler radar systems in the 1990s, which can detect weak tornadoes and those in sparsely populated areas that may previously have gone unreported. If weak tornadoes are... And also, by the way, tornado reporting could be from any Joe Blow weather chaser, mm -hmm. by the way. So Billy Bob Thornton out in Oklahoma can call the National Weather Service. Yeah. And, you know, because he got a storm chaser license or whatever. It's, more, it's probably not Billy Bob. It's probably Bill Paxton out well, there yeah, doing Bill that. Paxton is what I meant yeah. to say. Sorry. I got his last name confused. Maybe Helen Hunt. With his cousin. But um, anyway, they could call in and report them. Uh, mm -hmm. So now it's become a lot more sophisticated with advances in modern technology. I'd like to file a violation of the tornado statute of limitations in court seven. Mm -hmm. If weak tornadoes are excluded, there is no detectable trend in tornadoes over the past century. The figure below, based on the analysis reports from NOAA's severe weather data inventory by Carbon Brief, shows the total number of tornadoes in each year, excluding small F0 tornadoes that would likely have been underreported in the past. So they're trying to remove the ones that were underreported in the past, and they're still not going to remove all them. That's what this graph looks like. So this is much different since 1950 right here. Although maybe still increasing, uh, we do have a big spike up here in 2011, looks like, or 2010. Looks like there's a spike right around there to a little bit higher number. Uh, but 
basically what they're saying there is that there is no detectable trend in the tornadoes. All right. So stop screaming about how the science is obviously saying something. If only the strongest tornadoes are considered, those are the ones that they are uh, assuming everyone would have known about when they were reporting these numbers, that they would have caught the strongest ones. There is even weak evidence of a decline in numbers over the past few decades. However, experts warn against reading too much into apparent decline in the number of severe tornadoes. They say that people used to rate them stronger uh, than they used to. What we've uh, basically landed on right here is that no one knows. But when you get online or you read MSNBC or CNN or Washington Post or any of these places or you watch any of the news channels or you listen to any of the politicians out there that are on the left or any of the various crazy people on Twitter, what you hear is that we do know for sure that this is this is climate change in action. This is a video of climate change right here. And tornadoes are getting worse and more severe and more frequent. And there's just nothing we can do about it unless we tax some of Elon Musk's money and give it to the U.S. government. And other than that, we're all just going to die from a tornado eventually. That's couldn't have summed it up better myself. That's it. All right. But not only that, I mean, that's, well, one technology of detecting has gotten better, but also the the information is more available. I mean, people, I, mean, I can tell you people in California in 1925 probably didn't have any idea about this tri-state tornado or all the... Well, they probably had an idea about the tri-state tornado in 1925, mm-hmm. but I guarantee all the other tornadoes that popped up in 1925, they had no idea were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, you know, they'd only been in California for about 40 years at this point. Uh, they had just ventured out there, I think. Um, and two, it, the, we, nobody had access to the information like we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, now you could, anybody can look it up and then it can be perceived as, oh my God, this is so much worse than, than it ever has been. It's so awful. This has to be climate change. And we know why, because we've landed on the one thing that the U.S. government will not waste, which is a crisis. That is the only thing. Uh, that everything else doesn't matter, but they will not let a crisis go to waste. Uh, the day of, literally as it was going on, of course, people on Twitter were spouting off about it. But the day after, obviously, everyone's out there making this political. They're saying the stuff about Rand Paul when there's an obvious difference between what he was voting against, which was a new bill appropriating new funds for spending versus asking for uh, money out of a current budget that has already been appropriated to be spent on things like this. Those are two very different things. And, you know, the, the, the thing that people need to get better at admitting is that they don't know exactly what the answer is to a problem. And that is what a lot of these articles said. I mean, that was a CNN and a Washington Post article that we read. Now, they put what the scientists were saying in the article, but they made the headlines sound exactly like what they wanted people to read because they know that that's what mm-hmm. really people are going to read. And that's that's really it. It's going to get shares. So, I don't know, man. What do I wonder you think? if they're putting this on people's tombstones, killed by climate change. Yeah, we have a lot of official climate change deaths over the weekend. And honestly, if you look underneath climate change, it's racist. It's it ra- is. Racism yeah. that's driving climate change. Mm-hmm. Let's go through a little bit of history here. It's a Trump NATO that went through there. Yeah, exactly. Look about a little bit of the recorded history that we have, by the way. We only have about a little over 100 years of weather data, by the way, um, which is essentially none. If yeah. In the history of the world, we basically have none, mm-hmm. no data. 
statistically zero. All right. The deadliest tornado recorded in U.S. history was the Tri-State Tornado. Had its own name here, Tri-State Tornado. I keep I keep kicking your camera, and I'm really sorry about that. Don't do it. According to the National Weather Service, at least 695 people died. They could never find Tim, uh, so we they they probably included him in the death here, but they don't know for sure. But yeah. at least 695 people died. 2,000 people were injured, and 15,000 homes were destroyed in a storm that cut across three states over three and a half hours. Now, this one looks to be about six hours long that cut across four states. Uh, In Tupelo, Mississippi, in Gainesville, Georgia, in 1936, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi was hit by at least one tornado that killed 216 people. According to the National Weather Service, the twister caused more than $3 million worth of property damage, destroyed the city's water reservoir, and battered the hospital, requiring makeshift hospitals to be set up until trains could transport the injured to neighboring towns and cities. The following day, the Georgia city of Gainesville was decimated by a separate tornado that was part of the same storm system. There, the storm killed 203 people. Uh, Minutes after the tornadoes hit the city's commercial district, fires erupted throughout the area, including in a garment factory where 60 employees died, according to the Digital Library of Georgia. Uh, Joplin, Missouri. This was not that long ago. I remember that one. I remember this one. May 22nd, 2011. A tornado that spanned up to three quarters of a mile wide and packed winds of more than 200 miles per hour killed 161 people on May 22, 2011, after it touched down at the edge of the city and traveled on the grounds, on the ground across all of it. The city said, "My God, when you look up Joplin, Missouri, it, yeah, good Lord in heaven." That's what this Mayfield thing reminds me of. Joplin. I don't think, but Joplin was worse. Joplin was worse. It was. It was crazy. Absolutely mind boggling to look up the footage from that. In Flint, Michigan, they don't just have a water crisis. In 1953, they had a tornado that hit them uh, in the Beecher District, as considered to be the worst national uh, natural disaster to hit the state in the 20th century. Uh, It killed 116 people and injured 844 in one of eight tornadoes that were reported in Michigan that day. 1953 is considered one of the worst tornado years in the United States. A separate twister in Waco, Texas, killed 114 people earlier that spring. The day after the Beecher tornado, 90 people died in Worcester, Massachusetts, from a separate tornado spawned by the same storm system. In West Virginia, in 1944, the Shiniston tornado killed 100 people in the West Virginia community, according to the National Weather Service. It was the southernmost twister in a series that caused more than 1,000 deaths and 3,000 injuries across Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. With World War II underway, residents initially thought they were being bombed. One witness said, according to the West Virginia Metro News, hospitals in the area were forced to treat patients by candlelight after power was knocked out by the storm, with a traveling circus leading one hospital, uh, lending one hospital a generator. So... That's what uh, that's Joplin right there, by the way. Ooh, crazy, crazy man. stuff. We had uh, some pretty bad storms here. Well, I mean, this weekend, and parts of Nashville were pretty bad, but also um, last year, right before the pandemic started, mm-hmm. there were some uh, really bad tornadoes that hit. What tornado hit downtown Nashville? It also devastated another community that I used to live in called Mount Juliet and then killed the most amount of people in Cookville where they had the least Mm -hmm. amount of time to prepare. Um, But you think about these storms that are killing 
um, you know, a hundred to a thousand people, um, actually killing them to, I mean, this storm is bad. Yeah. 70 people died in Kentucky alone and probably over a hundred deaths from the storm, but we still haven't, not that I know of the storm hasn't killed a thousand people like it did a hundred years ago. Yeah. It's still bad. And you think like, uh, if that one, if the candle factory hadn't have had a lot of people there working uh, overnight, then you're actually probably talking about way less deaths from, mm. from this one. Not that that makes anything any better. Any of them would have been terrible. But uh, that is where you get, uh, obviously, the most amount of the people. And what we're seeing here is that this is a list of the top five, I believe, from Reuters is where I pulled this. And uh, this one doesn't, uh, doesn't match up with those. Now, none of these were in December. So that is a, it is a weird thing. And another thing I found through all the science, uh, the data that I was going through, is that they are seeing a little bit of a shift in the frequency of tornadoes in different areas. So the original like Tornado Alley, think about Tornado Valley, Tornado Valley or Alley, whichever one of those, like Oklahoma, you think about Oklahoma and some of that area over there, it's actually been decreasing in frequency over the last 20 or 30 years. And then like our area and this part of the Midwest has been increasing during this time. And so they might, they are speculating that there could be a shift in this area right here where tornadoes have been uh, have been forming just a little bit further east. And so what I hope is eventually it gets over to Washington DC and just stays there. <laughs> not really, not really. There's a lot of a lot of people that live there, so that still wouldn't be good. All right. That's just a just a joke. Yeah, I thought it was Tornado Alley. Not sure about that. Oh. Well, look All at right. Me. I so, got corrected on my correction. Corrected your correction. You fact check the fact checkers. There you go. <laughs> Joe Bizzle, fact checking the fact checkers. I like it. How about that? All right. Well, if you took anything from this today, what I hope you would take is that you're sometimes gonna you're going to die. <laughs> you have no idea how. It could happen on your way home today. Uh, it could happen when you're at home. I mean, it could happen <sighs> at night sometime. Uh, anything could happen. So, you know, just uh, be nice to people and be good to people. That's what you need to do. The other thing you need to know is that <clears throat> sometimes the experts don't know anything and they're not actually all that great of experts when it comes to these uh, situations. And uh, then the other people who definitely don't know anything are the people on Twitter that are spouting off about how this is obviously climate change when even the biggest publications in the country and likely the world had to print that scientists are not, they do not have a link between climate change and tornadoes right now. Not that there couldn't be. All right. Not saying there couldn't be, but it's not proven. And they're actually saying it's not proven. They're actually saying they don't have the data for it right now. So let's just hold off on that. But we know that the government needs to use any kind of crisis that they possibly can. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to use this and all the other climate disasters that happen out there. They're going to act like things like this have never happened before. They're going to try to tell you it's never happened before. You're going to feel like it's never happened before because you've never quite seen this much video and this much footage of all these terrible things that have happened before. And really, it's just the media spinning them up. Um, or you just weren't alive when this happened before, which is another likely scenario that happened. So don't let... I know you guys aren't, but don't let them use this as a reason to take your money and set it on fire or 
blow it, blow it away in the wind because it ain't going to work. I don't trust the U.S. government to solve this problem. I want more people to innovate and create more efficient forms of energy. By this problem, I'm assuming that climate change is a problem that if we could do something about it, that we uh, should. I think that we will over time. What we're going to find is that uh, home construction is going to get better. We're going to adapt to a lot of these things. That's likely a reason. We have. We've, yeah. It's likely a reason that you have uh, 700 people dying in 1925. They probably didn't have a great warning either. Uh, but n- now that um, Joe and Bill figured that out with Dorothy, then we have a little bit better warnings now than we used to have. And also, we've gotten better at construction. The buildings are um, maybe a little bit better at withstanding some of this. And we're just going to adapt to these things. They're put together with Mighty Mendit. Mighty Mendit and Flex Seal. All put together. You put Mighty Mendit and you spray Flex Seal over the top of it. Yeah. Good stuff. Can withstand tornadic winds. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you're spot on, though, in the message um, for today, um, besides death, mm-hmm. which is uh, the answer is not to just give the government all your money. That's not the answer. Mm-mm. The answer is we need to keep trying to understand what's going on and figure out ways to solve them, uh, which we can do much more efficiently than whatever this climate change Green New Deal disaster is. It's, it'll never, it'll never work. It's not going to help. It's just going to waste a lot of resources and it could actually end up killing more people than it's even trying to save. It's going to harm more people than it's yeah. even. And that's because this stuff is complicated, mm-hmm. folks. Economics is very important. It's, it's much more complicated than like, oh, well, let's just pass a policy. Yeah. We'll just pass a bill. That'll solve the problem. Vote for me. I'm here passing bills, solving the problem. And these other people are just deniers. Can you imagine being so narcissistic that like that's the thing that pops in your head when stuff like this goes on? Ah, If he just would have given me more power. Isn't that something? This would have been fine. Isn't that something? Ugh. And uh, that's, you know, folks, date a Democrat at your own risk. (laughs) Okay? Just look for the signs of narcissism. Good luck with that. Yeah. Lingering. Anyway, if you enjoyed today's dating episode along with the talk of death and twisters. I did. I thought it was I thought it was great. It was fantastic as I said it was going to be at the beginning. So hit that share button with your friends and your family and now by the way you can share podcasts with people easily. Can you? Yes. Could I, you not before? Not as easy as you can now. Okay. You can actually just share episodes. So if you find a particular episode interesting, share that with someone. Um it's it's got a pretty cool the new iOS update alerted me to it mm. and and so when I opened up my my podcast app there it said hey if you have a favorite episode share it with someone and it's pretty easy to do oh so. and also we recorded an interview with Amanda last night from Discord group also from the podcast Civil Discord which she does with Maurice. Uh, Maurice is still on a GML strike, so he wasn't able to be there last night, uh, but it was a good episode. I think it was good. So make sure that you're listening to the Civil Discord podcast on whatever your favorite uh, podcast app is, and maybe we're going to be on there when they release that today or tomorrow or sometime. I don't know when it's going to be, but sometime Mm -hmm. it'll be coming out. Yeah, Maurice is boycotting us. We're not going to let him live it down. (laughs) 
He hasn't been here. I don't even think Maurice exists anymore. Nope. So who knows what's going on with that guy. I, if he's alive, meaning he could have been caught in a twister. Could have happened. Could have. Could have froze to death in Texas. Could have froze, yeah. yeah. All kinds of things of stuff. could have happened. Hit the follow button, folks. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, please. I'm begging you. We're so <laughs> close every time. We just need like a few more. Um, and if you guys, if y'all do all those things, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty. Actually, won't be here tomorrow, by the way. The next day. Next day. <laughs>